Safety Net Studio presents. Some men just want to watch the world burn. I'm only human, Harry! I'm the king of the world! You Talking movies with Brian Lataki. And here we go. Here's Brian Lataki. You can do it! Hello, friends, and welcome to Talking Movies. I'm Brian Lataki, and today we race to fix the past with DC's The Flash. I lost my parents. That pain made me who I am. I spent a lifetime trying to right the wrongs of the past, as if fighting crime would bring my parents back. You actually did it. If you went back and changed the past, this world must die. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Barry Allen uses his super speed to change the past, but his attempt to save his family creates a world without superheroes, forcing him to race for his life in order to save the future. Written by the team of Christina Hodson and Joby Harold, and directed by Andy Muschietti, The Flash stars Ezra Miller as Barry Allen The Flash, Sasha Kelly as Supergirl, Ben Affleck as Batman Bruce Wayne, Michael Keaton as Batman Bruce Wayne, Michael Shannon as General Zod, and features Ron Livingston, Anchi Trow, Helen Slater, Jeremy Irons, Tamora Morrison, Christopher Reeve, Kiersey Clemens, Sores Monica Jackson, Maribel Verdu, Adam West, and George Reeves. Truth be told, I really wanted this movie to be good. Actually, I wanted it to be amazing. I was so excited. The Flashpoint comic arc was one of my favorite comic arcs that I have ever read. Hearing that it would play out to a degree on the big screen and feature a number of different Batman and potentially different Supermen sounded almost like a fever dream. I watched the trailers, I avoided spoilers, and bought my take it's the moment that they went on sale. But after this weekend, I once again feel let down by DC. No matter what we do, we're not going to be able to fix this. No! Story-wise, it was all shaping up to be an amazing movie. Barry would use his speed force to travel through time to save his mother from dying, therefore keeping his father out of prison after being wrongly convicted of her murder. And this would fracture reality and change everything about Barry's life and the DC universe as we know it. Again, great story in theory. Acting wise, I've officially decided that I dislike Ezra Miller as Barry Allen. All of their controversies aside, they are just not the right actor. And it's definitely not because of the script. You see, in the comics, Barry is a con confident, cocky, and a little bit goofy. Ezra's version of Barry is aloof, silly, and has zero confidence in himself. Ben Affleck appeared that he knew the writing was on the wall and couldn't wait to finish his last lines and peace out of the DC universe. Michael Keaton, on the other hand, was exceptional, and as I think everyone expected him to be. Sasha Kelly was good, while Michael Shannon seemed like he was doing the bare minimum, and it made for a number of awkward interactions between the actors. But where this movie really dropped the ball was on its CG animations. The visual effects in The Flash are a prime example Example of what's left after Disney contracted all of the best studios. This movie looks like it was done by the same team that handled the Scorpion King in The Mummy 2. I love The Mummy. You know, The Mummy did it. The Mummy was successful. And director Andy Muschietti decided to try to defend this by saying that we're seeing the world through Barry's point of view, and you never remember things perfectly, but that doesn't explain the opening scene with the babies, does it, Andy? And if you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The fight scenes on one hand were great, but then you'd get this goofy, shiny, polar express 
Express type animation and you'd be pulled right out of the fun. Overall, The Flash is a decent movie done terribly. While the story, some of the acting, and a metric poop ton of fan service and Easter eggs are way too much fun to ignore, the terrible CGI and the mediocre acting keep this movie from ever getting as exciting as it could have been. I'm definitely glad that I watched it, but I don't think I'll ever watch it again, especially when it has a 144-minute runtime. I give The Flash a C+. The weather has been hot and you should look the same. Nick and the team at Swish Barbershop at 844 St. Mary's Road are ready to line you up and make you look your best. Walk-ins are always welcome or you can visit my barber by booking today at boybarbernick.com. I've just been handed an urgent news story. Cannonball! Let's get into movie news you can use and let's start it off with some upcoming projects. Gendy Tartakovsky, the man you may know behind Hotel Transylvania, Star Wars, Clone Wars, Dexter's Lab, and others, is in the midst of production on an R-rated animated comedy titled Fixed. Variety is reporting that Adam Devine, Idris Elba, and Katherine Hahn will be the voice actors featured in the New Line Cinema and Sony Pictures animation project. Fixed will revolve around Bull, an average dog who discovers he's going to be neutered in the morning, and as the gravity of this life-altering event sets in, Bull realizes he needs one last adventure with his pack of best friends, as these are the last 24 hours with his balls. Tartakovsky told Variety that some people might get uncomfortable, but added that if you can look past the balls and the buttholes, you'll find a very sweet, charming, sincere story of friendship and romance. In casting news, Mortal Kombat director Simon McQuaid, who's returning to helm the sequel, has confirmed a number of upcoming characters to be featured in the film. The boy star Carl Urban has officially been cast to play Johnny Cage, Adeline Rudolph is set to play Princess Katana, Tati Gabriel is taking on the role of Jade, bodybuilder actor Martin Ford will be playing Shao Kahn, Queen Sindel will be played by Anna Thunun, Damon Harriman from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will be playing Quan Chi, and Jared will be played by Desmond Chime. Returning cast members include Louis Tan, as MMA fighter Cole Young, Jessica McNamee as Tanya Blade, Josh Lawson as Kano, Tananobu Asano as Lord Raiden, Makad Brooks as Jax, Ludi Lin as Liu Kang, Chi Han as Shang Tsung, Joe Taslim as Bin Han in Sub-Zero, Hiroyuki Sanada as Hanzo Hasashi in Scorpion, and Max Huang as Kung Lao. Production is expected to begin very soon unless the writer's strike causes a delay. In other casting news, Giancarlo Esposito has officially signed on to Universal's upcoming project titled Dracula's Daughter which has been confirmed as an official part of the Universal Monsters world. The cast also features Dan Stevens, Catherine Newton, Angus Clout, William Catlett, Kevin Durant, Alicia Weir, and Melissa Barrera. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the story centers on a group of kidnappers who abduct a band of young people, one of whom ends up being Dracula's daughter. Universal indicated to The Hollywood Reporter that the project falls in the lane of such films as Lee Whannell's The Invisible Man and Renfield, meaning that director Chris McKay's take on a Dracula side character will provide a unique take on a legendary monster lore and will represent a fresh new direction for how to celebrate these classic characters. Longtime friends Bradley Cooper and Will Arnett are teaming up for an upcoming project called Is This Thing On? Cooper will also be directing the movie from a script that Arnett wrote with Mark Chappelle. A draft of the script was turned in before the WGA strike, but Deadline says Cooper will likely want to add his own ideas, but will only be able to do so after the strike concludes. Over in the land of DC, James Gunn has confirmed that Sholo Maraduena's upcoming film Blue Beetle will be the 
first movie in the new DCU. According to The Wrap, Gunn said, quote, I mean, the first DCU character for sure is Blue Beetle, and the first full DCU movie is Superman. Gunn is likely referring to Blue Beetle being a film that was conceived and made for the previous incarnation before Gunn's first officially produced film after accepting his new position at DC Studios. However, as this is a Blue Beetle origin story, it would open up possibilities in the future for Gunn to bring the character into crossovers with his newly rebooted sequels. Sticking with the DCU a minute longer, it has been confirmed that the Flash director Andy Muschietti will indeed be helming Batman the Brave and the Bold. DC confirmed the news in a statement saying, quote, it's a magnificent film, referring to the Flash, funny, emotional, thrilling, and Andy's affinity and passion for these characters in this world just resonates through every frame. So when it came to find a director for the Brave and the Bold, there really was only one choice. There's an extraordinary team, and we couldn't have better or more inspiring partners as we embark on this thrilling new adventure in the DCU. According to Gunn, the Brave and the Bold will introduce a new actor as Batman and Damian Wayne's Robin. The story revolves around an unusual father-son story inspired by Grant Morrison's legendary comic book series. Over at Sony, while announcing their full slate of projects that are on the horizon, the studio announced that they have put their flag on two dates for two untitled Sony Marvel movies, those dates being November 8th of 2024 and June 27th of 2025. As of now, the speculation that's out there is that November 8th, 2024 would be Venom 3, while the June 27th, 2025 would be some form of Spider-Man 4. The next confirmed Sony Marvel movie will be Craven the Hunter, which stars Aaron Taylor Johnson as the titular character, which was rated R and recently screened at CinemaCon and has an October 6, 2023 release date. Over at Disney, Academy Award winner Sarah Pauly is currently in talks to direct a live-action adaptation of the Disney animated classic Bambi. The project is still in early development and would serve as the most significant undertaking of Pauly's career yet. Pauly had recently won the Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay for her drama Women Talking. Recently on the Fat Man Beyond podcast, Kevin Smith revealed to his co-host Mark Bernadin that he actually owns a copy of Batman Forever, The Schumacher Cut. He said, quote, you know what I got a copy of? Batman Forever, The F***ing Schumacher Cut. So guess what I'm going to do? I probably shouldn't be talking about this. Warner Brothers is going to take my ticket away. I've watched it. It's longer. Rumors of a 170-minute Schumacher Cut of Batman Forever started to rise up back in 2020, with Bernadin getting word that its existence was far from a myth. The runtime of the theatrical cut was only 122 minutes, meaning that the extended runtime would allow for a deeper dive into Bruce Wayne's psyche and feature more sequences featuring Two-Face and Riddler scoping out the Batcave, Batman squaring off against a human-sized bat, and more. Due to the ongoing WGA strike, Disney has announced that they've just shuffled their entire release schedule. Deadpool 3 has now been moved forward to be released on May 3rd of 2024, while Captain America Brave New World shifts to July 26th of 2024. Thunderbolts will release on December 20th, 2024, while Blade has shifted to February 14th of 2025. Fantastic Four shifts to May 2nd of 2025, which now means Avengers Kang Dynasty shifts to May 1st of 2026. With Kang Dynasty shift, Avengers Secret Wars now releases on May 7th of 2027. Outside of the world of Marvel, Avatar 3 has been delayed a year from December 20th of 2024 to December 19th of 2025. Avatar 4 on December 21st of 2029 and Avatar 5 on December 19th of 2031. Disney also announced that 20th Century Studios' Fidi Alvarez Alien movie will release on August 16th of 2024, and the Rami Malek thriller The Amateur is set for a November 8th, 2024 release. Disney's live-action reimagining of Moana releases on June 27th, 2025, and a number of untitled projects will release on September 6th, 2024, March 21st, 2025, July 25th, 2025, August 8th, 2025, and November 7th, 2025. Disney also announced a couple of Star Wars projects that were scheduled for release, moving their projects
project from December 19th, 2025 to May 22nd of 2026, and another unnamed Star Wars movie releasing December 18th of 2026. The WGA strike also claimed another victim as it ends with us, the Justin Baldoni-directed film starring Blake Lively, has officially pressed the pause button indefinitely. Less than half of the movie was complete before the difficult decision was made. According to Deadline, the reason for the cancellation was an inability to persuade the WGA that co-financing status of Wayfarer Studios was enough to consider that the production was within WGA guidelines, even though the film will be a negative pickup for signatory Sony Pictures. It was also confirmed that Disney's Daredevil Born Again and Warner Brothers' The Batman spinoff The Penguin have also both been delayed. Moving to the small screen, a trailer was released for the upcoming Netflix film starring Jamie Foxx and John Boyega titled They Cloned Tyrone. Where the money at? I'm an entrepreneur. I work in the spirit of the pimp game. You know your girl gotta know what's going on in these streets. That's the car right there. They Clone Tyrone has the following synopsis. A series of eerie events thrusts an unlikely trio onto the trail of a nefarious government conspiracy in this pulpy mystery caper. They Clone Tyrone releases on the streaming service on July 21st. Netflix also announced this past weekend that Arnold Schwarzenegger's FUBAR will officially receive a season two. I'll be back. In the series, Arnold stars as a secret agent who discovers that his daughter, played by Top Gun Maverick's Monica Barbero, is also an agent. The two team up to take on an arms dealer bonding along the way over their shared love of carnage. Despite the WGA strike delaying filming of Stranger Things Season 5, it has been announced that 80s icon Linda Hamilton is officially joining the cast. Details on her role are being kept secret, but given the Duffer Brothers' devotion to all things 80s, one can assume that the former Sarah Connor will get the chance to do something really, really cool. This upcoming season is due to be the final season of Stranger Things, with the creating duo confirming that there will be a time jump. Over at Apple TV+, Plus, the science fiction series Silo, based on a series of stories written by author Hugh Howie, will receive a second season as well. Matt Chernis, the head of programming for Apple TV+, Plus, provided the following statement. It has been enormously fulfilling to see the engrossing, atmospheric, and beautifully crafted sci-fi epic Silo quickly become Apple's number one drama series. As audiences around the world have become gripped by the mysterious and conspiracies buried within this fascinating subterranean world, viewership only continues to climb, and we are so excited for more secrets to the Silo to be revealed in season two. Silo follows the last 10,000 people on Earth as they navigate life in their mile-deep underground home, protecting them from the toxic outside world. The catch? No one knows when or why the silo was built, and anyone who goes snooping for answers faces fatal consequences. Over at FX, the comedy series What We Do in the Shadows is gearing up for Season 5, releasing a new trailer. Make me a vampire. Sure, man. I thought the transformation would be overnight, but it's been 16 days. I can't turn into a bat yet. Human form. I am running for comptroller. Can't wait to flex my blue color bona fides on the debate stage. Three weeks ago when I started this. Check, microphone, microphone. I can no longer wait. Take me to United States. Take me to Golden Gate. I will assimilate. This is the mall. Bikini warehouse. Must be a front for a brothel. 
I would like you to honor the coupon. Let's just uh, cut out photo of Ryan Seacrest. Serving as a spinoff from Jemaine Clement and Taika Waititi's horror comedy mockumentary of the same title, What We Do in the Shadow centers on three vampires who live together. Laszlo, played by Matt Berry, Nadja, played by Natasha Demetriou, and Nandor, played by Kayvon Novak. The former two are husband and wife. Also living with them is a fourth vampire named Colin Robinson, played by Mark Prokash, who's an energy vampire. Instead of blood, he sucks the energy out of his victims by boring them to death with mundane anecdotes and bad jokes. The office is his feeding ground, but his powers also work on his vampire roomies. Season 5 will find Nandor as he feels his familiar and sometimes friend Guillermo slipping away as he seems to be spending much more time with Laszlo, whose skills as a gentleman scientist are put to the test as he tries to solve the mystery of the strange and very secret changes Guillermo is going through. Naja, on the other hand, is suffering the effects of a previously undiagnosed supernatural hex and starts to reconnect with her family, or at least a family, from the old country. Colin pursues the path of many energy vampires before him by running for political office, and the guide tries to figure out where she fits in as the relative newcomer to this tightly knit group who've come to know each other for centuries. What We Do in the Shadows is executive produced by Taika Waititi, Jermaine Clement, Paul Sims, Scott Rudin, Eli Bush, and Garrett Bash. Season 5 kicks off on FX on July 13th. Universal Studios has confirmed one of their upcoming themes for Halloween Horror Nights this year. Haunted houses based on The Last of Us will be at both their Hollywood and Orlando theme parks during this year's Halloween Horror Nights festivities. During an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, The Last of Us creative director Neil Druckmann said, quote, As a massive fan and frequent attendee of Halloween Horror Nights, we are honored to have The Last of Us included in this year's lineup. It has been an incredible thrill for us at Naughty Dog to collaborate with Universal, bringing the world of the game to life, focusing on even the tiniest details that our fans know well. Universal Orlando's resort's Laura Sauls added, quote, We are excited to bring The Last of Us to life in a terrifying haunted house that is true to the spirit of this popular video game, featuring our heroes Joel and Ellie, Clickers, and more. Halloween Horror Nights runs from September to October at both locations. And finally, we end today on the news that Pat Sajak, the host of Wheel of Fortune from 1981 till 2023, has confirmed that season 41 will be his last. He said, quote, Well, the time has come. I've decided that our 41st season, which begins in September, will be my last. It's been a wonderful ride, and I'll have more to say in the coming months. Many thanks to you all. If nothing else, it'll keep the clickbait sites busy. It's not clear who will be replacing Pat Sajak as the host of Wheel of Fortune, but it's likely that he'll have some say as he's taking on a consultant position. That's it for this episode of Talking Movies. Follow me on social media at Talking Movies PC and download full-length episodes on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And as always, the scars we have make us who we are. We're not meant to go back and fix them. Don't let your tragedy define you. <laughs>